Sometimes, when you're lost in thought, you would rather not find yourself. Are you ready to explore possible answers to curious questions? And delve into the depths of our subconscious dreamscape? Neither are we, but we're going to try. My name is Quinn. And my name is Jonathan. And I'm Tia. And this is Zoned Out, special guest edition number one, which is very exciting for me and Jonathan because we now have a guest with us who is Tia. Tia, say hi to everyone, please. Hello, everyone. I'm thrilled to be here. <laughs> yeah, we're thrilled to have you too, Tia. This is really exciting. I guess we I, definitely I think the first thing we should do uh, is kind of explain how we know Tia or I, I guess how I know Tia because Jonathan doesn't know Tia or at least he didn't know Tia up until this point. And that's because Tia was amongst one of my floor mates at first year of university at Western. And I had the pleasure of sharing a floor with her. She was at the very end of the hallway. I was initially at the opposite end of the hallway, but I ended up moving to be a little bit closer to her room. But uh, there was a bunch of people on our floor that uh, we got to know quite well. And Tia was one of the people who striked me as very intellectual. And I thought that she was quite well-spoken. Oh, and she also um, showed an interest inside of the podcast when I brought it up inside of discussion at some point and so I think I think Tia did I even like ask you if you wanted to or did you ask me if you wanted to um, go on the podcast what was how did this start I think this started because you brought up the podcast and I would listen to it in my art class and then after I told you that I had listened to it you said hey, is there anything you want to talk about? You want to be on the podcast one time? And I said, Quinn, are you kidding me? The, that would be an honor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess I guess here we are. Um, we had... Um, here we are. I know that... I know that another another individual had um, asked me if uh, he could be a guest on the podcast, but Tia was the original person, uh, the first person that uh, was actually legitimately considered to be on the podcast. Because I think I think some people have like I've told people like uh, I don't know listeners. There's people that I tell that we have this podcast, and a lot of people say, "Oh my god, like can I be a guest?" And a lot of times it's just like it, like it's just me and Jonathan, and I just kind of don't want to break it to them like that and just be like, "Uh, yeah, it's kind of just a me and Jonathan thing." But the, yeah. so there's kind of like few people that I've come across personally. I, I'm sure Jonathan has had a similar experience where we're just like, oh, uh, yeah. Some people are like, Jonathan, like, can I be on the podcast? Like, why don't we just why don't you just add me onto the podcast? I'm, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's not like Actually, that. <laughs> many, many, many people. I tell about the podcast and they're like, wow, that's so fascinating. Oh, I'm going to listen to that. What's that called? And I got to watch them go on their phone and find the podcast. But they never listen to it. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, I think that happens too, and I, I'm fine. <laughs> but with that, it's not yeah. necessarily. I'm not. I don't. I'm not really bitter about it. Like obviously, people, people, like especially people in university, they got lots of stuff on their minds and stuff to do. And this is like the furthest thing from prioritized. <laughs> yeah. So they, it's easy to forget to do it. Um, yeah. So yeah. So shout out to Tia because she's she's the one who made <laughs> it. You're the one who's here, <laughs> and we're excited to talk Thank to you. you. Um, for one reason that we've discussed prior to starting recording this podcast episode was that Tia has something to bring up to us for us to talk about and so i'm really excited to hear what it is and i don't know you could just go yeah, ahead and well. tell us all right so something has been on my mind recently okay and this has sort of been a long time coming oh. but um i just i sort of took a step back when i was on instagram and just mm -hmm. various social media forms and it kind of came to my attention that the new sort of activism or the new way of sort of caring for others is posting about it on your story but then we see a lack of that when it comes to actually volunteering 
or doing things for other people. So my question is, is what I call sort of like slacktivism, like social media activism, can that actually be seen as like genuinely helping people? Whereas you don't see that many people going and volunteering at food shelters anymore or like giving to the homeless or actually doing these tangible things instead of like a sort of intangible social media way of helping people out. And I guess that also applies to where we are right now in this sort of uncertain time, because if we are really looking out for each other, how are we actually doing it besides just saying that we're doing it online? Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I don't know. Like, I just think about what's that one thing that happened where people put like a blue like person on their profile picture on Instagram and it meant something. Or like just, just they turn their profile picture just to just a straight up solid blue image. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I, I forget like what this is about but like oh i think it's i think it was bell let's talk or something something along those lines maybe Jon- um, jonathan don't you have I an think opinion it was on some that? sort of like op- opinion on what like people on bell changing their no on picture. bell let's talk oh i do um i mean like their motives are definitely sour for doing that because like it it basically like earns them money in the long run like the bell company but i mean like you can't really like People, people say, like, you shouldn't, like, donation shame. You shouldn't, like, sort of, like, shame people for, like, doing good things regardless of their motives because it is a good thing at the end of the day. But um, actually, if you look into it, it has, like, Bell is, like, just kind of an evil company. And and sort of, it's like how, like, Jeff Bezos donated, like, however many million, hundred million dollars to this, uh, uh, like, recent problems that are going on in the world, right? People are like, oh, that's, like, just a, that's the smallest fraction of his net worth and people are like saying he should do more to help but that's a lot of money that he donated right so i don't know his his his, his motives it might even it might do him like he might have he might gain more things in the future than he, he actually has lost in donating that just from publicity and whatnot so it might actually benefit him more, uh, more than it's like helping the people but it still helped others so like i don't know you can't it's difficult to shame that but I'm saying, like, that same logic applies. Like, Amazon is, like, an evil company, just objectively evil. And they can donate money. But that doesn't that doesn't make them not an evil company. Why like, is Amazon they evil? Their, <laughs> I don't know. If you, have you not heard about this? Like, they treat their, work, their workers, wor- like, worse than any other company ever. Like, Damn. I mean, like, but they got that little <laughs> smiley face that goes from A to Z, bro. Come on. Uh, yeah. Oh, the crimes are absolved. <laughs> smiley face? so honestly i feel like no i feel like that really like what you just said like it's a joke right but it's actually just like more meaningful than we know like um it it's totally ties to what t was saying about like surface level doing things for sort of uh clout (laughs) yeah um yeah like people look people look at amazon and they might not know anything about the company and they're like oh that's like a cute graphic haha amazon like they associate like good things with their with their cute graphic but really it's the furthest from the truth amazon is not Uh, a cute company by any means and they they have no regulations in terms of like how they treat their workers or what they sell on their website and no that's okay i think that the one thing the one thing that I t- like thought about when Tia started explaining her question was not really social media, but just high school in general. I don't know. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Tia doesn't live uh, very near J- me and Jonathan at all, actually. Did you guys have like a mandated um, uh, community service system for high school students that you had to complete a certain amount of hours? Interesting question. 
Um, we didn't have a high school system. We had a bizarre grade seven sort of thing. Oh, we did too. Um, going on for one of our classes. Yeah, it. but we didn't have like allocated time slots or things like that. The more organized fashion of volunteering in a high school, it was sort of go at your own pace and then you sort of have to fill the requirements for whatever you're doing. Um, but I guess what I was sort of referring to with this question is more on the side of, you know, those people who constantly, constantly post about like being a social justice warrior or whatnot oh, okay. and about certain topics. But then when it comes down to actually doing something to help, it's sort of a bit on the back burner, like giving a homeless man a sandwich versus trying to get to the root problem of injustice in society. Hmm. Does that make I sense? I think that that is an interesting concept, like sort of, uh, abstract sociological social uh, problems relate in uh, in contrast to like sort of more tangible, more like uh, real and visible sociological problems. Like, well, not to say that yeah. the the more abstract concepts aren't visible. Like, I don't know, it, nothing is really that abstract in sociology, in my experience. Um, and unless you're talking about like you know like uh, I don't know if you guys took sociology, but uh, yeah, <laughs> you, did you take it here? I did take it. I took two classes this semester, this past semester. Yeah, and the, wait, like two different classes or like just like the first term and the second term? Two different classes in one term, but they basically were on the same, the same introductory, introductory Oh, okay. Concepts. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So like when we started learning about sociology, we learned about like um, sort of like a classical sociological theories, which are kind of like really abstract and like I don't even really know what, like how, like it, trying to tie them into how, how like things you can actually see working in in society right now is kind of like difficult to do sort of like a stretch uh but the different the more modern problems like modern problems we talked about like um the prison industrial complex sort of thing like the fact that like prison in north america and the u.s especially pretty much just mainly the u.s is like an industry and used to save the government money because they can get prisoners to do jobs for free or like right. for extremely low cost. Um, sort of, it means that the government's saving money by putting more prisoners, and it's sort of like beneficial to have more people in prison than not. And that's a problem, obviously. And we talked about like racism and sexual assault and sexism, and mental health issues and stuff like that, and how people in society are marginalized. So that's like sort of uh, dealing with social issues like that, which is like broad spectrum sort of thing, is 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 definitely different than. Uh, being focused on, you know, just like running like a soup kitchen and like helping the homeless and like, you know, like right. doing things, hands-on work, like, yeah. like, you know, like being a missionary or something and like helping people with diseases and stuff or being like a doctor. Uh, but something that like is like a perfect example of like the sort of abstract is this idea of like uh, hegemony, like corporations and the people who run society sort of feeding the, po the, the average person and like the normal populace, like information as they grow up and as they're like socialized in society feeding them information and making them think how they want them to think and just mm -hmm. uh perpetuating ideas like sort of like um gender socialization is an example so like uh men growing up are taught like oh they're supposed to be like the strong ones they're supposed to provide for the family they can't cry they can't express emotion uh they can't express themselves they can't do this they should be like this you know what i mean and the same like sort of our ideas of masculinity and femininity are sort of like perpetuated by society and they don't they're not really based in biology they're just like things that we're taught and mm -hmm. the things we learn as we grow up it's sort of like the nature nature versus nurture argument mm -hmm. like yeah i'm probably just telling you things that you already talked about in class no. but 
No, it totally makes sense. And it's definitely relevant as well to this whole, like, social issues versus doing tangible things that could hit advance society as well. Yeah, so it depends just... on, like, it, it depends on, uh, sorry, I, I to cut you off, um, what, how the person is, how the person, what, what the person cares about. Like, at the end of the day, like, what the person cares about and what most affects them in their personal life is probably what they're going to be focused on and trying to change society. And if they care more about, like, people's people's frames of mind, then they're going to post things on their story because they're trying to influence how people think. Right. Uh, and some of that could be good or some of that could be just to get attention and just for popularity's sake. Who knows? They could be going with the crowd or they could be trying to make a difference. Um, but yeah. objectively, it's much more easy to see, like, or to say that someone helping someone who's homeless and giving them food is, is, is a good thing because, like, it, it's, you know, it's, it's more like a, a, a immediate uh benefit well there's like there's a lot of benefit just from like like you said with like jeff bezos like he might be able to be in a position where he's benefiting in the long run just because he has enough money to solve world hunger <laughs> that's insane okay but do you know <laughs> that's those, how much money you know those youtube videos um that i've seen like some youtube videos got exposed where the original youtube video was an individual who was like vlogging on a street and was just like i gave a hundred dollars to this homeless man or like i gave like a bunch of this stuff to this homeless man but then they were exposed afterwards as like revoking what they had given to that individual off camera but the or like they weren't even or homeless they, yeah actor, something like, like that <laughs> but those like type of scenarios like they have occurred and when they do occur you're kind of sitting there like, oh man, like this individual like really did something nice for uh, somebody who was in need. And even though it wasn't, it might not not have been the case during that moment, like you think more highly of that person. And I, and I feel like they probably gained a lot of publicity like off of that. If you were like a YouTuber or something, like maybe you got a lot of views. And at the end of the day, if you got a lot of views on that video, nobody like it doesn't matter that they discovered that the homeless guy was actually just an actor with a bunch of makeup on or, or a bunch of dirt on him. It, it you could have still made money off of that video. Nobody's gonna like be able to revoke the money you made. Like, mm-hmm. I guess there's, I guess there's not really like a law around that, so you could kind of like abuse the system in a sense. And like, Tia, I feel like very, that's very bad. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Tia, I feel like you've like stated this question and like this concept and then like, Quinn and I have just like been talking about it. So what do you think about it? Like, what do you, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I guess it's sort of, um, it's a difficult thing to, to wrap my head around just because what kind of society and what kind of generation are we fostering when we prioritize how we sort of, like you said, like post on YouTube or like post on Instagram, what's on our mind or what you think we should be doing. It sort of becomes a flex, like an Instagram flex. And but you're not actually doing something. Yeah, but it's it's how much is actually being accomplished by saying that, I don't know, all of these things, you stand for all these things, and that kind of raises your credibility and raises your admiration by others. But at the end of the day, there's still, like, people, there's still, like, poverty on the streets. And it's kind of not to, like, compare the two because, yeah, like you said, it's, like, whatever's on your mind is sort of what you, what drives you. But it's sort of what yeah. kind of what kind of generation are we becoming now that social media has become something where we can where giving to others is like a flex, like for clout. What's gonna? Yeah. How is that gonna sort of uh, advance society? I guess as a whole, and that of course can be like narrowed down to specific subjects as well, because that's very very broad. I mean, I have like I have like a slight like issue with 
something that you said earlier, Tia. And it's just, it's not, not anything bad. It's just that you're saying that I agree that this is bad. Like the clout idea, this aspect that people are coming together to like be raised in an area where they think that doing this is all right. And doing not only doing this is all right, like putting yourself up on your story and uh, doing various different things to raise awareness, thinking that that is all you have to do to yeah do anything. I think that, yeah, exactly. that is bad. But at the same time, I think that there are issues that are inside of our world that are like, I think they're just unavoidable. Like even Jonathan talking mm-hmm. about the prison thing, I didn't really think about prison in that aspect, but I, I see what Jonathan is saying as something that is true and something that seems like kind of like this hierarch- hierarchical, whatever, sorry, this higher up thing that is kind of dictated by people who have a lot of power or people who are in positions of yeah. a lot of power that not really like a lot of people like would like know about or talk about on a regular basis or can even do anything yeah because like so it's just something that happens and something that will probably continue to happen i don't think that like i think that there's a lot of issues that no matter how much like like free time of yours and if you get all your friends to pour free time into this like no matter how many volunteer hours you put to certain things i don't think the issue will ever go away there's some issues that are just kind of like in our society and like they're almost like perpetual like hard to even slow down like that ball from rolling and well it's my it's my firm belief that we should keep trying yes yeah i agree yeah regardless of this like insurmountable problems like the attitude like uh, the very powerful and uh pervasive idea that like you know it's it's hopeless you have to like sort of fight against that because obviously like it starts with someone and you even if one person's mind is changing if it's if, if it's only you acting alone it's still better than no one mm-hmm. and hopefully you can inspire others to do the same like social media has good things with it and bad things benefits and harmful aspects but it can be used as a platform for change yeah and i think that the internet and social media is a very powerful tool um in terms of like you know like changing people's minds about stuff and spreading power spreading messages but what Quinn was saying um about sort of uh like you know like certain things that like are not controlled by the average person and like you know like depending on where you are in society depending on your class like you don't really have much power and you can't really do much to change it it sort of it sort of um applies to t i don't know how much quinn has told you about me um but (laughs) i am vegetarian okay and um I don't know. I'm starting to contemplate being vegan, but I don't even know what the heck I would eat. But anyway, that's a whole other problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I, it's my firm belief that we as humans don't, we don't need to kill other creatures for survival. So we shouldn't be doing it. Like it's not, a, it's not a necessity. So we shouldn't be doing it just from my like moral standpoint. And also it's um, bad for the environment. Like the whole like um, food industry is mm-hmm. terrible for the environment. And like everything's so industrialized, like the production of, of food and everyone's so disconnected from where their food comes from it's just bad like the whole system is bad in my eyes but yeah. me being vegetarian is not really changed anything realistically yeah i see i see still what you're saying. i'm still gonna do it i'm still gonna do it though like it doesn't it's it's <laughs> i don't like to think like that like i don't like to think like in a defeatist way like it doesn't even matter what the heck i do because it's out of my hands and this, these like conglomerate uh high ups are just gonna keep doing it regardless of what i do but I don't know. Maybe there's more I can do uh, as I progress in life. Maybe yeah. I can 
find a way to make an actual powerful change. Because that's the whole... Uh, not to say that... Not to say people shouldn't be vegetarian, because I think that people should be vegetarian, but obviously people can... I try to be accepting of whatever what people think based on, like, what I was saying about what people have been socialized. Like, people, people grew up living here learning that like eating meat is all right and whatever like i don't care if your if your ideals conflict with mine everyone has the right to whatever they they want to do within reason um in terms of what they eat but still i still think it's definitely important that we like educate people on certain things they might know about might not know about like the fact that most mammals have a capacity to feel emotion in uh a, a pretty high degree and it's pretty like <laughs> bad uh to be you know like harming them just for the sake of being able to eat meat and you know like even mice my my father put up mousetraps and i got mad at him and i was saying like sort of uh, a similar thing like with pigs pigs are known to have a similar temperament and intelligence to dogs and we eat them and people don't have a problem with that but mice too even though mice are really small they have a similar intelligence to dogs and a similar temperament and capacity for emotion than dogs so i don't think we should be killing them mm-hmm. um Anyway, that's you had something to say, so you can yeah you can, no, uh, but that's exactly what I'm saying. It's having that belief, advocating for it, but also actualizing on that as well, and that's what I guess makes is makes all the difference. It's not just sitting back and like spewing these things on social media, saying that you believe in these things and such and such, and people should do this. It's you actually taking it in your own hands and doing them, which I think is sort of the whole point. Instead of saying like during this quarantine business instead of being like everybody should go care for their neighbors and go out and help where it's needed and just sort of sit on your couch and say all these things that sound really good there's a difference between doing that and then actually taking that into your own hands and going and volunteering at food banks and helping out people who need to go get groceries and whatnot but maybe don't feel the need to to post about it so like exactly what you're saying it's there's a difference between sort of creating the social media facade, which I think does happen in a lot of cases, not necessarily the cases that are like out of our tangible control, but um, in the cases where we can actually do something and where it doesn't seem to, it doesn't seem to happen just because it's easy to sit back. It's easier said than done is basically at the end of the day, the whole idea is that it, all of this is yeah. easier said than done, but it means a lot when you actually act on it and act with what's within your power to, to advocate for your beliefs and to do what you believe is right yeah. not just for i, I still think though trying to educate people can come from a motive that isn't just sort of like trying to put yourself on a pedestal and is valuable right. while while actually doing things is much more valuable trying to like educate the masses and explain why you think the way you think is also valuable Absolutely. Um, and much better than doing nothing yes i think that uh i think yeah, that there's like I think that there's like a really big aspect of individualism when we're talking about this and like the difference inside of unique experiences for how people interpret what we're talking about right now and, and Tia's question. Like, although Tia, you're saying that like these things have, are happening when people are becoming clout chasers or people are thinking that this like clout chasing thing is all you have to do. I don't, there's always room to consider the opposite as well. And I wanted to bring this example up earlier for me and Jonathan uh, inside of Ontario or Jonathan and I in Ontario, we have an experience where in high school, we are mandated that we have to get 40 hours of volunteer work um, by the time we graduate. Otherwise, we're not allowed to graduate. Now, when it came to that, I think that there's a lot of individuals who went about doing volunteer work as a chore. 
because they had to do it. Because if they don't get 10 uh, hours every single year inside of our school, then you wouldn't be able to graduate. So it was just one of those things you had to do. And, but whether or not you think of that volunteer work inside of a certain light while you're doing it or after you're doing it is completely unique to a lot of people. One person may go ahead and do the volunteer work and be like, gosh, this is the worst thing ever. Why do I have to do this? This thing sucks. And then after they finish high school, they're thinking to themselves, I'm never volunteering again. That sucks. Most teenagers probably think that way. But yeah. But I think that for me, when I did it, I also had, I initially had like a similar standpoint where I'm like, oh my God, now I have to go like help out here for like a couple hours on like a weekend and this sucks but as i was doing things i saw that helping people was a nice thing to do i didn't get hooked on it like i know that i'll like i say hooked on it because whenever i meet an individual who is going to like school like or going to make their job like centered around volunteer work i feel like they're like hooked on that feeling that great immense like sense of like joy that you get from helping have from causing somebody else to experience joy and like helping somebody i feel like that's really powerful and a lot of people kind of like get like hooked on their like oh man like i just want to keep helping people and i just mm-hmm. want to dedicate my life the to this this is kind of like a vocation yeah i think that i experienced like a midway version of that like i would be helping out and i'd be like man like you know what it does feel good to like help other people out but at the same time like i'm my own person i want to spend my own time like uh like doing what i want majority of the time and i don't want to like spend every waking moment like thinking about volunteer work and i also need to make money for school so a lot of the times i i can't sacrifice myself and like my time uh putting it towards something that's i'm not going to get paid for as i got older that soon became the case but i still did i still had to do volunteer work and i enjoyed a lot of the volunteer work i did now as far as this social media thing goes that you've brought up here tia that same like idea can be can be brought about to say that the opposite could be occurring at least a little bit inside of people and i think that you're the perfect example you are the individual who has seen the social media like prowess of being able to put something out on a story for people to see and kind of declare it like Mm -hmm. oh you should be thinking about this and you are thinking the opposite you are not thinking hey i can do that too or like hey like this is all i have to do like i can i can make a difference just like sitting at home uh while i'm eating chips i could just post something on a story just say you know support mental health you're thinking the opposite you're thinking you know what people need to be doing something tangible people shouldn't just be doing this so people's perspectives on one situation occurring just vary so greatly between people that you know some people would there might be a lot more people like yourself tia and i think like i think me and jonathan are in agreement that um you know people should be doing actual things instead of just like just using social media and we accept that social media is a powerful tool for like getting things out and letting people Mm -hmm. know about different causes that they should know about but that shouldn't be the sole thing yeah and i think that even though it's becoming almost like a sole thing some people are going to take the route and think that that's the only thing you have to do but some people are going to take the opposite route they're going to see that and be like you know what you shouldn't just be posting on your story man when's the last time you went to a food shelter like something like that so i think yeah there's a great amount of individualism inside of it and i don't know like i'm really curious to like I want everybody to take a survey right now. This is what I'm feeling like. <laughs> like, can you all just take a survey and just tell me what you think about this? Do you think that you have to like do this or do you think that people should be out there like getting stuff done like for real? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. And, and it's and- like what Jonathan was saying. There's a time and place and a uh, subject where that can be tangible and, uh, and like subjects where 
it's enough to just get the message across. And yeah, like I do this firsthand. For example, I'm very like, uh, I'm very, I, I don't know if I should say like educated, but I've, but like I've been very passionate about like Israel advocacy, um, specifically on campus and stuff like that. And like fighting against the boycott movement and whatnot. And so I put those things on my, on my story and like I help get the message across. That's not something that you necessarily like volunteer for. That's not necessarily, uh, do you know what I mean? It's more of a mindset thinking about things in a certain way. And that's how you influence people. But in the case of doing like charity work yeah. or where things need to actually be done, that's where the difference, that's where the difference lies. I don't know much about the history of Israel and current situation in Israel. What I do know is there's a lot of meme accounts on Instagram that have problems with Israel for whatever reason. I yes. have no idea. Yes. Uh, lots of people on 4chan too. And I typically, no, I not typically, I never have gone on the political part of 4chan uh, just because I know it's kind of bad. <laughs> well, I mean, do do you think listeners all know what 4chan is though? Sorry to, like it might be worth oh, like slightly uh, explaining it. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Quinn. Um, yeah, 4chan is this um is the social media platform a very old one uh, on the internet and it's uh basically like this forum writing website so if you've heard of reddit which is a similar concept people can start threads they're called and then like it's just a conversation topic um that based on whatever the, per the whoever the user wants to make it about and then people just can just go off that and it's all anonymous so no one knows any no one knows the names of anyone who's on this website yeah or anything like i that. guess it's worth saying also about 4chan and other other websites uh that have been created similar to 4chan because people are able to hold this anonymity or sorry sorry people are being because people are able to be anonymous on these websites and because people are able to talk about really like like jonathan said he's never been on the political side but there's a lot of political talk on stuff like 4chan people are able to like get away with talking about things that they probably shouldn't be. For example, there was a shooting in New Zealand not too long, long ago. And the shooting itself was recorded by the shooter. And he actually, I think he shot a, I think he um, had killed people inside of a mosque and it was a terrible incident, but he filmed it himself and he put like, memes and like stickers that uh related to like famous youtubers and stuff like that on his gun and whatnot and apparently he was on a website called 8chan which was really similar to 4chan as you imagine from its name and he had fully detailed like with a lot of people or like not a lot of people but there's like this small like thread where a bunch of people who were neo-nazis were talking to each other and they got away with talking about like their hate for muslims and they got away with talking about like they were making like memes that were really like against other religions and everything yeah. and then eventually and to explain what hn is yeah um i don't know if either of you know what hn is because it's more it's probably even more I, I like, do, niche and esoteric than 4chan i don't the only difference between the difference between 8chan and... Well, then I'll let you explain it, Quinn, if you know what it is. Oh, you yeah. So, so so 4chan is kind of, like, broad. Like, 4chan, you can do whatever... You, like, you can talk about whatever you want, really, on 4chan, like, as far as topics go. 8chan was basically made as specifically as a political, like, version of 4chan, where individuals could express, like, whatever their thoughts were on different, like, um, parties and uh, different things that were just associated with governments and whatnot. That, that was basically, if I'm not mistaken, that's what 8chan is. Oh, well, I actually didn't know that. What I did know, though, is is 8chan cannot be accessed by typing in uh, 
an address and pressing enter that's the difference like 4chan you can mm. 4chan.org press enter you'll get to it hn is not the same uh, you have to okay. have a, you have to have a link to get to it yeah i'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure A Chan also got like disabled like after that shooting or something happened with A Chan after that shooting. I don't know. I think that I think I don't know. As far I'm as I know, sure. it's still up. But I don't know. Anyways, yeah, no, there's if it's anything like the Pirate Bay, <laughs> people cannot take it down. That thing will never die. Like people keep trying to take it down. Nope, it's never gonna get taken down. One week later, up, up again. Someone, someone in the world wants to be like every like everybody. It's like everybody a system of people who are dedicated to keep that thing up. It's like free movies, yes. Free games, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it's just. I guess, like, as far as the internet goes, I guess this is really just segueing off of what Tia said. We have platforms of, like, social media, like, things like Instagram and Snapchat. Those are really just, like, really public things. Like, an employer can learn a lot about you if you have a public Facebook uh, profile or if you have, like, a public Instagram profile. They can really, like me. they could do, like, a deep dive on, like, who you are depending on how much information you put out there. But I think that there's a lot of, like, the lay public that just doesn't have any clue what like 4chan is or any clue what 8chan is at all. And yeah, that there's yeah. like Reddit threads out there that are like only like three people know about. And those three people could be talking about neo-Nazi things. And just like what happened in 8chan, this guy literally was talking with these guys just saying like, oh yeah, I think I'm going to go like shoot up this place. <laughs> like, And it happened. Yeah. What I was saying, what I was saying before about how like society and people like the people that teach you growing up what they teach you affects like how you act and how you think that sort of same like same concept of like the internet being used as a proctor for that and sort of a medium to change the way people think for a good way that same logic can be applied in a negative aspect and people can be the people's minds can be changed for in a bad way and they can be they can be taught like racist things and like or they or um, they could be yeah, segregatory absolutely. things or they could be taught that bad things are good things and and mm. we're all just we all just think like I think me and Jonathan touched on this before. Like yeah. we might just be completely like brainwashed from day one. Like I, th what, what did Jonathan? <laughs> what did you ask me? You're just like Quinn. Like why do you want to go to school? And I'm like, oh shit. Like I don't know. Like I'm, yeah. I'm just here. Yeah, I did ask like, that. I was like, why do why, why do we care about that at yeah, all? Yeah, like, I, I, I think what's motivating us from going to going to go to school because it's not our own sense of like <laughs> enjoy. Like we get so much serotonin from going. To, no, that's not no, that's not what it is at hurts, all, dude. Like <laughs> I had to write an essay. That's like really closely aligns to this and the question was basically are human rights universal and that exactly touches on what you were talking about because we are socialized in this way in western civilization and human rights obviously aren't universal because our human rights in western civilization are different than how they are like in the rest of the world in the middle east for example mm -hmm. so we mm -hmm. are socialized to think that we believe that whatever whatever you shouldn't do these specific things whereas people don't see distinguish the right and wrong between that specific thing and another country so to speak i mean before we talk about anything else i have a question for tia you and quinn oh if you traveled to a distant country and you italy uh, were invited to italy. no not italy. Oh. you were invited <laughs> it, it only took me 10 seconds and you're already cutting me off with italy no <laughs> if you were invited to be one of the first visitors to this like very secluded tribe that has a completely different society and is basically untouched by like western civilization and they're cannibalistic right and their views on murder and moral like morality is completely black at night and day from your own if you were invited to take part in the consumption of human flesh would you do it um well i guess 
Or would you that, would you deny them? And they and they they will not hurt you if you deny them. Well, I would. But they won't be they won't be happy. They'll just they won't hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Your death is not as is not a is not a factor here. That's, yeah, that, yeah. That's all I want. I want to, I want to clarify that. Well, that's exactly the thing. I would deny because that's how I've been socialized to react to these kinds of situations. That's obviously something that we deem to be repulsive, and I can't can't unsocialize myself to see that as something that's normal and something that I can bring myself to doing. And that's a clear example of how Fair we enough. are we are raised in a certain idea and a certain mindset. And I can't backtrack because it's so like entrenched in our minds that this specific thing is so disgusting and we don't even think about doing it that it's yeah it just it just wouldn't happen what about you can you eat the meat i uh, i'd consider it i i don't <laughs> think in the end i would but i think that the intrigue of the secluded it's culture a, it's, a, it's a gift by the way like okay i think that i i think that i would be compelled to i would be compelled to try it but whether or not I do it, I don't know. Unless I was in the moment, I feel like it's just one of those things. But I, oh, you don't know if you'd be able to like. Focus yeah, to do yeah. It? I, even though, even though I'd be very interested, because uh, not that I'm just like sitting here like, oh man, I've always wondered what human meat tastes like. No, of course not. <laughs> ah, yes. That is. I've always wanted to get my hands on some nice thigh. <laughs> Finally, some nice foot. Yes, a calf. <laughs> mm. Anyways, I was just. I, I'm thinking for more yeah, of a perspective like. I, I'm thinking of it more from a perspective like, wow, like this is their culture. This is like, this is what, this is everything. This is everything to them. This is what they have grown and grown up on. And this is like, th this means a lot to them. And if they're like saying it, let's say there's a lot of spiritual aspects with it. I guess it's a similar thing to indigenous um, culture in some ways, not through cannibalism, but um, there like are some uh, indigenous cultures that eat seals and they have to eat seals a lot of the time because they are out so far up north that there is not a plant anywhere. They just I bro. Where's the lettuce? Oh, shit. <laughs> it's not here. It ain't it ain't here for a lot. It's called, of miles. Wait, bro. It's called iceberg lettuce for a reason, right? It's got to <laughs> okay. be here. <laughs> OK, anyways, so these so, they, so if I was up inside of a, in an indigenous culture. And I knew that they had to club this seal or do some or shoot this seal to get it on their on their table and eat it. I know, I I don't know about Tia, but at our high school, I had the amazing privilege. I just I loved the course that I got to take uh, inside of grade twelve, and it was um it was Indigenous Studies, and it replaced your religion credit inside of grade twelve because me and Jonathan went to a Catholic school. So we had to take Catholic courses inside of grade 9 and 10. Fortunately, grade 11 was world religions. I don't know about Jonathan's experience, but grade 9 and 10 religion was so boring. It sucked. Oh, oh my God. God. It was absolutely like, terrible. Tia, grade 9 was... was like, all right, kids, today we're going to watch Shrek because what this has to do with Catholicism is, I don't know, but fuck you. No, Tia, like literally it was like brainwashed too. It was just like, it was just oh, like, God. Jesus does this. Like repeat the Ten Commandments. Now we're going to make it. This is the project. You have to draw the nine beatitudes yeah. or the, whatever the eight beatitudes oh my god draw the beatitudes but, kid. but grade 11 grade 11 religion was an eye-opener because it was world religion which means there was a unit on catholicism again which sucked that was the worst unit because it was like we already did this for the last two years but the other units for were the last, you, i think you mean the last 16 yeah. years because oh, we've yeah. been, we done we've been school. done doing this for 
yeah okay <laughs> anyways so we got to learn about buddhism we got to learn about like what it what it what is who is how you could identify like a Sikh. like i didn't know that what Sikh who a Sikh would be like uh, and their swords and everything that had to deal with that we also got to go on a field trip where we got to go to a buddhist temple which was awesome we got to go to uh a synagogue, synagogue. at here <laughs> we got oh, to go wow. to this mosque and we got to <laughs> go to a mosque, a mosque. Uh, it was awesome but grade 12 was for me the best one it was about all about indigenous culture and i don't know are you familiar very much with indigenous culture tia i live next to a reserve awesome yeah but does that mean that you that you're interested or know a little bit about yeah, yeah, them? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm you very, see, I'm Quinn, I live next to a reserve, so no, I am actually I li- the resident I expert. live beside the Grimsby oh, Poop no, no, Factory. No. I don't know much about that. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, it's very I much I literally do, Tia. That. That's not a joke. I, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. The waste facility is, like, down the street. That's interesting. <laughs> I live next to Steve. That's what I, that's what I live next to. Um... No, I, I live just Steve. I live very close to a reserve, so that's definitely been like a big part of sort of my yeah, my neighborhood culture. It's it's awesome. It had to do with a lot about like um land property. We learned to like that's just something that you sort of I guess I don't know if socialize is the right thing, but you sort of like unconsciously learn about um indigenous culture with like land rights and all of this mm-hmm. stuff. Um that's I guess more recent, not as much like traditional. Um, but just in terms okay. of like legalities of land and whatnot and then also um you you just like you come to understand the culture as well too we had a um he passed away unfortunately but there was a man who came to our door who lived on the reserve and he would sell his wood carvings to us and then he would also tell us about the history of each carving yeah it's very very cool so now our house um well our old house um is was actually down the street but it was filled with like the wood carvings that he made um, so that was a very cool cultural thing that we got to dip our toes in. Um, but I'm definitely no expert, but just from living here, I've sort of subconsciously retained a lot of, um, different aspects of indigenous culture, um, like first nations, indigenous culture. Oh, okay. That, that's awesome. I mean, inside of my, inside of the course that I got to uh, take, uh, I get, I, we got the whole spectrum. We, we got everything from land rights to uh, original like theory of the, of how their spirit spirituality came to be. Um, yeah. and how the various different like, uh, cultures of indigenous and, uh, their tribes and not, uh, how they have various different like ideas about things, uh, depending on where they came from and how they came to be. Anyways, um, one of the cultures that we learned about, um, that had to eat seal, uh, we, we got to learn about how they don't speak during dinner or I guess they're well, uh, when they get together to eat the food. They don't speak during that because they see it as a as disrespectful to the soul of the animal that laid down its life for them to speak while eating the food. And wow. so for me, that's like when Jonathan's talking about this like cannibalist group, I feel like they probably if they're doing things like that there's i mean i feel like any tribe probably has a high possibility that they have their own their own religion that might be similar to a lot of other religions but they have their own like sense of spirituality and what they do 
and they might have similar customs when it comes to eating humans even though that's really weird and uh that's that's the only reason why it was like almost like oh my kind of like similar kind of curious to see what the culture is behind that because if i was up uh very far north and i had the opportunity to eat seal even though like seals are cute and uh, we got to learn a lot about that issue of how the public sees um, indigenous killing seals and why that um, a lot of times it's like killing off indigenous families because they become extremely poor because of um, publicity for issues that shouldn't really be publicized because it's just like killing families of indigenous people. But if I had the opportunity to eat seal, like I'd go for it. Uh, and I would like, I, I would follow what they do. Like I wouldn't talk during the meal. I would follow like any sort of ceremony that they did prior to or after um, the meal. Like I, I would, I would love to immerse myself inside of that. And I feel like it would be a similar thing for this tribe, even though I'm repulsed by the idea of eating human meat, I would be very interested to see maybe specific methods that they do to prepare the meat or specific things that they do. Like, uh, let's say they have like some drums or like something like that. Like they could have like a lot of things that go around this. So to answer like Jonathan's question, like, even though we kind of, I kind of went on a tangent here, dude, I like, I want to, I want to see what these guys do or I want to see like how they how they go about their like everything like it's just see that just seems so in intriguing especially seeing that they're so different from contemporary western society so yeah no i'd definitely be really interested but as for actually indulging in human yeah. flesh um yeah really don't think that i'd be able if i was in the moment even though i'm like thinking about it now like hmm, like maybe is it like worth like not disrespecting their gift <laughs> but i don't think i'd be able to stomach it but I still... Yeah, I think I'm the same as I you. I still want to... I still... I know you guys didn't ask me what I thought about it. Oh, of course you but... would eat... Of course you would eat the meat, dude. You're vegetarian. Okay, yeah. Yeah, see, you know. You know my answer. <laughs> Jonathan's just like, I'm vegetarian, Wait, but I make I an exception no, I for would human eat the meat. meat. No, I would eat the meat. I would eat the meat. I know you... You can't, you can't deny these guys' gift, dude. He came up to you and he was just yeah, like, what? I killed my own son for this meat and you're not going to eat it. <laughs> what? I, I was not imagining that situation. Son. What the Could heck? you imagine, dude? He comes up to you and he's just like, man. The tribe voted that my son was the one to die. <laughs> I, I, was, the I was the one who had to cook him. And now you're going to deny it. Dude, you can't deny this guy's gift. I already lost my wife to this <laughs> horrible process. The guy's looking. He's like, I lost my entire family. And you're going to disrespect me and not take this gift, dude. You 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 gotta eat. No, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not doing that. You won't even have to say that because I've already eaten You'll it. Just eat it. I mean, oh my god. I'd, I'd already <laughs> finished my part. I'd be like, mm, mm. ew, dude. I would it. I feel like I guess I don't. I don't even want to talk about cannabis. No, I've heard that it doesn't taste that good. So you heard that? Who do you hear that by? Four chan. Four chan threads. Four chan cannibalism uh, thread. There's okay. I don't know if you know anything about uh, Fiji's cultural history, but there is a history of cannibalism. Not happening right now, but. There is a, a history of like islands in, in and around Fiji having tribes that are cannibalistic. And the logic behind them being cannibals was they ate people who they didn't like. Uh, <laughs> like they had That's they had like a, a okay. like I don't know about you. Uh, I, if I still someone had like an drunk. enemy, if someone had an enemy, killing them and eating them was like a great disrespect because it was like a desecration of their body. Like sort of it had to do with their spirituality, but it was like a greatest insult you could ever possibly imagine. Because it's like, since you desecrated their body that way, it's like the most immense, like, disrespect ever. And the um, the term, I don't know what language it is, but the term just translates to English, I will eat you, is still pervasive in, like, the culture of Fiji. They still say that. It's like a, it's like saying F you, but worse. Ooh. 
Damn. Wow. They've like created their own swear word. But they don't actually eat anyone. But saying I will eat you is like an insult, like a very oh god sign of disrespect. I mean, if somebody said that to me like here, and it stems from that, it stems from that like origins. Like this was happening like in the 1800s. Like, but now it's 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 a uh, it's it's ended now. But I guess that kind of goes for like just shifting off of that for a second, like the different cultural practices that we see across the globe, which we deem unethical or the UN may deem like unethical or completely repulsive okay, yeah, or yeah, whatnot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know when it comes to, it's such a, it's such a tough discussion to have because ethnocentrism versus cultural relativism. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I <laughs> like, yes words that's that's what it is yeah i told i talked about this on the podcast before quinn i don't know you may not remember it but <laughs> this this concept that we're talking about ethnocentrism is like the belief that your culture is superior which we try to get past we try to we try to get past that right but cultural relativism is the belief that every culture has valuable regardless of what it is every culture has value but it's like how far does that go once it goes uh... against your morals and your and the, it, once it goes against what you think is right and wrong like it's sort of that that concept but like how far can you i go think with that, that i think that tying this kind of full, full circle back to the whole social media discussion some things like some things of like what did you say it was ethnocentrism yeah ethnocentrism yeah some yeah. things inside of that could be something that crosses your there could be things occurring that are crossing your morals or are against your morals but are still being done because you just don't know about them for example um i i for yeah. for listeners i am in science and that's why i didn't really i didn't take sociology because i was just taking a bunch of science courses so i didn't know i didn't know a single thing i mean i'm in science yeah, too but jonathan's science too i'm just i'm just in a that was, it was my elective yeah, my elective was english but and I, I already talked at length about the things i would never take that as elective. I love english. okay anyways english is poopy <laughs> anyways um so this what was it? okay okay here's what i guess i sorry i almost forgot so i learned about science things and one of the courses that i had to take was about history of sciences and things like that and i we learned about how there are a lot of cases in science and science is really in this is really important to every single individual it doesn't matter like if you don't care about science is that people who are really high up inside of um science like it's really high up science figures who are able to facilitate what science gets published and what different things are going to be accessed by the public or are going to make a difference. A lot of the times there have been many cases where a certain theory, uh, a certain thing that had to deal with science originated inside of a country that wasn't Europe or wasn't like Western and wasn't stereotypical. Like, there there have been cases like that like let's say that that cannibalistic tribe let's say they came up with like a new theory a new scientific theory for whatever reason but they're not a european let's say that they're not a european society let's say that they're not like a, they're obviously not a western society so yeah. a lot of times those theories will be taken by people who are higher up and they will just say that it did come from europe or they will say that it did come from a Western society because that's what's mm, yeah. respected. And that is what is seen as something that can be taking something that can be taken as legitimate and accurate and as like real science. And so you kind of have this standard account or standard history of science that reflects everything coming from Europe, 
when in a lot of cases, it just, it didn't all come from Europe. And it's really naive to assume that everything did come from Europe. But unfortunately, that's just not the case in a lot of like cases. So what I'm saying is that that might cross people's morals. People might think to themselves, that's not right. You have to like, you got to like give people credit where it's due and you got to give people the right people credit, not just change it. Like that's not right. But regardless, it still happens. And regardless, it still has made like a big, those theories, a lot of those theories have come to make a very big effect on like modern society. And when science, when science starts off as theories, they become techno science, they become actual things that you can use. And that's why I said that it applies to everyone. Because if you use the internet, you're using a techno science, which means you're using something that started off as purely theory. You, you, they're using something that came from somebody or a group of people who kind of amalgamated together and just, and came up with a, some, some sort of scientific theory that eventually applied to the machinery that's inside of your phone or the lithium battery that powers your phone. And if everything, if you think that everything came from Europe, that's like, that's just straight wrong. Like in my opinion, I feel like a lot of people's opinions, like you can't just like not credit these people when it's due but it's just still something that happens and it's still something that has come to be prevalent in a lot of people's lives. So yeah, as far as social media goes, like there could be a lot of people going for one, one certain, I don't even know how I'm trying to connect this here anymore. Kind of losing my train of thought, but (laughs) what you were saying though, definitely, uh, definitely relates to another thing we learned in sociology, uh, which is like, oriental theory it's called sort of like the west versus the east okay and how the west thinks they're superior in every way to the east like throughout yeah, history yeah. and it's all stems from colonialism yeah that's um, that's we also talked about colonialism anyway i thought it was interesting how like you, what you were saying it relates like pretty much like everything we've talked about so far has related to something i learned <laughs> in sociology and even that even that um tia what is your major uh my Gwen has not my major is media information and technoculture so oh interesting yeah so obviously learn all about social media but also things like data surveillance um like the culture around how different symbols can convey different meanings how like you were saying the amazon smile like that connotes certain meanings there's and different ways to observe media and stuff um yeah the it my it was so incredible by the end of it because we really really got into the like nitty-gritties of data surveillance and how ad revenue says so much about like who you are as a person and how much um data packages are being transferred by cookies and stuff it's like really really crazy um yeah very it's very very i don't even know what cookies are really i can't i can't really say i don't know have you have you accepted cookies like on a website before uh you probably yes depending on what it is i don't but i have (laughs) so cookies are basically um data packages that are part of a broader network so when you say that you accept cookies you're saying that you accept for them to take the data that you're inputting on that website so things that you're clicking on for that to be transferred to the bigger network that's behind that's interrelated with all the different um, websites and they can transfer your data um, and different ad like companies will take that data and then learn how to spew ads for things that they like know that you yeah, that's like really cool um yeah so it's very it's a very like cool concept concept also kind it's of like scary. user testing 
Yeah. It's like user testing where the person doesn't even know they're doing it. Like, Well, Jonathan, yeah. that's like tying into what you said before. That That's like literally like government surveillance or like any like sort of surveillance. Oh, that is like yeah. the biggest version of like people trying to like mind control you since the day you're born. Oh, yeah. Like what you're talking about. Like that's huge. <laughs> yep. Like we have to tailor everything to how each consumer's brain works. They figured out that they were unlocking the Da Vinci code for every single person, person's <laughs> individualism to perfectly talk like to perfectly tailor their ads just right so they click on it and they're like yes the system worked we got them to buy that canoe yes yeah but like <laughs> yeah. but like why why do you have to be a consumer in the first place like don't buy anything don't, don't buy anything not even food <laughs> just starve no 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 become a cannibalist well that's get a car thing. get a garden You're... get a garden the the whole idea that we were that we got to at the end of the year is that our information is becoming a commodity to these to these companies to these networks oh yeah oh yeah how what we click on when we buy that canoe that becomes information that's sold oh uh, my so, god yeah so Yo, we're this... basically yeah sorry this is like this reminds me like a lot of uh, this is something like that i wanted to talk about with, with jonathan but this is perfect literally so oh <laughs> uh, okay us me me, you, and Tia, me, Jonathan, and Tia, we're all young people. Yeah. We understand, like, Jonathan's like, yeah, I think I've accepted cookies before. I can't necessarily say what they are, but I think I've accepted them. I know I've definitely accepted them. I specifically remember occasions when I have. But there's a lot of things that we're talking about, like 4chan and Reddit and even Instagram. Mm -hmm. These mm -hmm. are all, like, new things. These are all modern era things. These are all things that a lot of older individuals don't know about. And I even said it before. I was like, look at this guy. Look at this neo-Nazi group who got away on H-Chan and nobody really knew about it. Even like modern day people didn't know about it. You know what Tia has just said that, yes, information is uh, your information super has become a commodity. Think about um, what's his face? Uh, uh, who the guy who made Facebook who went for all he had like a lawsuit. Yeah, Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. Have you seen the compilations of people asking him stupid questions? No. No. <laughs> okay, these compilations. Okay, these compilations are hilarious. But they what are, is Facebook? Uh, no. How do I add friend? What What is no. What does status mean? What does that mean? No, dude. Okay, they're not that bad. But okay, they're really eye opening though, because you have. Where does the book go? Where does my face go? <laughs> okay, so you have, you have these individuals who are in the high court who are asking Mark Zuckerberg these questions and they're asking him some questions that aren't actual questions. Like they are literally like <laughs> they display the absolute ignorance that these people have not exactly ignorance, but these complete lack of understanding that these individuals have. Some of these people clearly don't know a thing about how Facebook operates or how any sort of technology of that sort operates. And they ask them these questions and the response, the, the reason these compilations are out here is because Mark Zuckerberg's, his responses are hilarious because he literally looks at them and he goes like, um, I'm sorry, I don't quite understand what you mean. Like he just like, <laughs> he's like completely speechless. He's like, I don't know what you said. And where address bar. They're like where address bar. They're asking him questions like, so if someone goes location on question mark <laughs> location. <laughs> they're like asking you questions like so so if somebody goes on Facebook, do you know that they went on Facebook? And he, he's just like Mark sitting there like um, 
like like it's so funny it's so funny but at the same time it's kind of scary because you're just you're sitting here watching this like these people don't know like basic concepts like this that we have almost like taken for granted that we understand and we're able to comprehend what a cookie is or we're able to comprehend the fact that we have accepted that a website uh, has access to our cookies that's like that's like crazy to me because that means that there's a lot of people who are experiencing the same amount of surveillance that Tia's talking about and like Jonathan's talking about government surveillance, they're still experiencing the same amount, but they are so removed from how mm-hmm. that's done that they are almost incapable of coming to the realization that that is the case or they are incapable of realizing that they're being manipulated. But for me, when I'm on YouTube and I see an ad for a new concert and I realize I was just looking up concert tickets, obviously this isn't happening right now during quarantine is a good example. I see that ad and I know that like the cookies have done this or like somebody has gotten this information, sent it to YouTube and YouTube was able to like talk to like or like somehow it got over to these ad agencies and that ad appeared on my YouTube like recommended screen. And I know that. But is every individual going to know that? And like if you are an older individual who doesn't necessarily know how these things work you might be a lot more likely to get manipulated. You might be the person who bought the canoe, as Jonathan said. Yes, finally, we got him to buy the canoe. It's because the person sat there and been like, oh, yeah, I am looking for a canoe. Wow, I'm going camping. This looks like a great price. Thank you. I'm going to buy this now. But for me, if I saw the ad for the canoe, I might be like, oh, I know I was just looking at camping websites. I'm not I'm not about to like look at this. I, I'm okay. <laughs> and that's, the, that's so, the whole thing. It's because they do such a good job. They do such a – they're so techno, technologically – advanced in what they do that nobody notices everything anything and that's the whole point the point is that it's in the ground we don't we don't see it at all and what happens is that these this is the whole concept that we were learning about these things like social media and web browsers and whatnot the things that we deem to be services for us we are actually the service the service for those (laughs) things because we become the commodity when we think that social media is actually the commodity and that's the scary part yeah, well, Tia, this actually has turned into the perfect example for when I said that something can't be changed. You remember the whole spur after 9-11 where surveillance was completely jumped up inside of the U.S. and there was a big anti-surveillance movement inside of the U.S.? That Weren't same... we like zero? Hmm? Weren't we like zero years old when that happened? Yeah, I know. But, okay, I'm still saying no. like, do people study history, Jonathan? Oh, oh how old how old were you when like sorry. The China I, my, was my made? Buddhist, like, my Buddhist spirituality, I can't. I have to live in the moment. History is not important to me. I know I hate history too. I hate, <laughs> uh, I hate history. I'm in the same ballpark. Okay, anyways, so this happened inside of the U.S. and a bunch of people were sitting there and rallying, like going, like you shouldn't be able to watch us. Has it changed? No. no. Did a lot of people put their efforts towards rally, rallying against that, against that and fighting for a cause? Yes. But they didn't do anything. Do you think that if the entire like population went and did it, do you think it would have made much of a difference? I'm honestly really willing to like believe that nothing could have changed the government from continuing to like um complete surveillance uh things or for um these acts this whole like cookies thing and ad thing that Tia's talking about, I don't think anything 
could have changed that or stopped that from happening despite how many people could have put on their instagram stories saying you don't have the right to serve like to watch us no, that doesn't matter i don't i don't think that any amount of people could have mm-hmm. stopped that from happening but I, I albeit there's a lot of things that you can do and you can make a difference and i'm not gonna like shed light up uh, shed light on one thing and not say that there's other things that you can do that are great there are great i think a really good do. example for how like social media has like sparked a movement and like changed what people think about things is the me too movement oh yeah yeah that yeah. was really good yeah that was like it's like an idea of like how like something that's like trendy or like gains a following can be used to benefit society and just create a positive like environment people were just like picked up on that like quickly and it spread everywhere everyone everyone was hearing about it everyone knew about it people who people knew the name of it didn't know what it was and then got it explained to them or looked into it it's it became like pervasive in like our in the entirety of our culture it's like so famous now that and I th- like it mu- it must have done like great good like being more educated about that like before that i feel like um education on like sexual assault was not nearly had not nearly reached the level of uh it is right now like sort of like the motivation that people have and then people like people the need to educate people about it is not it was not nearly as wide as it is right now before that happened i feel like well well jonathan it actually it actually really shows where a lot of people's priorities are too because I think that there's a lot of failed, like failed attempts at trying to create uh, a movement that is similar in the magnitude that the Me Too movement was. For oh, example, yeah. like one of the things I could think about, like you remember the semicolon, or like yeah. it's still a thing. Yeah. So the yeah. semi, the semicolon, my like my sister has that tattooed. Yeah, um, the semicolon is like is something that is for an amazing cause, and I think that people should be able. to people across the world no matter where you are should be able to understand like what the semicolon represents i i firmly believe that because i think it's really important but i don't think that the semicolon took off nearly as much as me too like did and well, me too it, had had a lot more controversies as well there was a lot yeah. more um that's yeah. true that is true it wasn't as it was not as straightforward it was a lot of it was heavily debated and there were a lot of things that did come out of it that weren't part of the intention of me too um so i think that's that's why yeah Um, there's like a publicity factor but as far as the importance of both things i feel like they're very equal inside of like importance i think mental health issues are very important but at the same time i I also agree that sexual prejudice uh, against people being ignored is extremely important too they're both really important things but one got a lot of attention and one was could be considered on the back burner when compared to one thing and that's just one rough example that i can give i i don't have many more examples because i feel like there's a lot of things out there that just never took off but are also probably equally as important as the other as those two issues previously mentioned but the success of a social media platform in doing something can i think a lot of times portray the mindset of people and what they prioritize as being important because maybe the reason that the semicolon didn't take off as much is because people just frankly don't think it's as important or also what tia said because the other one just gained a lot more publicity because controversy was occurring 
and it just yeah. almost inside of some sense was just more interesting to people like do you want to turn on your tv to listen about a certain case being unsolved uh, or sorry being like um solved about uh some like past thing that had to do with like the weinstein like like guys mm-hmm. or do you want to open up your like um like tv to see a psa on why you should treat yourself right and why you should go to talk to individuals if you have a problem inside of your life and that you should try and uh cope and how you should cope with problems in your life both of those things are extremely important but one of those like if those were two tv channels one of those is going to get turned to a lot more than the other so i feel like there's probably a lot of issues with like what's what's um getting like publicity what's trending people just people want to like anything that has like any sort of anything that's industrialized at all like them any sort of form of media that's industrialized which is like probably like most of social media whoever whoever's controlling what's being shown on television and stuff like that will try to like cater it towards what people want to what people want to watch like oh well sometimes not jonathan i think what about youtube it's it's, it's all about money crazy yeah no but youtube youtube is wild sorry tia go ahead that's okay um i just i have one I have one issue with something you said, Quinn, because I th- I do disagree yeah, that I th- that I think that it's not necess- one didn't succeed more than the other, not because um, where people's head was at or where people's priorities were, um, because I think it really had to do with the whole phrase like there's no such thing as bad pub- publicity. Um, I think that the Me Too movement sparked a lot more conversation because there was so much controversy and because yeah. some people agreed with it and some people didn't agree with it. Whereas yeah. the semicolon, it was very straightforward and I think there was a common consensus that people saw this as an issue that needed to be brought to people's attention yeah. and that this is something that a lot of people can get behind. Whereas Me Too, you had the problems because there were there were false accusations as well, which was really, really awful and it like diminished the whole purpose yeah. of Me Too. And that created a whole thing because then you had people saying that they didn't agree with Me Too, but they also stood for people who were victims of sexual assault. So it created a lot more um, like nitty gritty conversation because there were so many different aspects to unpack. Whereas a semicolon, it was very straightforward and down to the point. Um, So I think that the whole idea of there's no such thing as good as bad publicity is very relevant because Mm -hmm. yeah, if there's anything that people sort of debate amongst people with, that's where that gets a bigger following and you see that more. So I think that that's less about it's less about perspective yeah. and where people's head is at because I think people can be totally have their priorities in the right place and see those two things as being equally important. But somebody may have a problem with how the specifics of Me Too is being conveyed on in the media. Okay. Yeah, I no, do I, agree with you, but I also do think that like sort of one of the reasons why people don't, there is some merit to what Quinn was saying. Like one of the reasons people don't like want to focus on like the semicolon and like mental health as an issue is because we've been socialized and taught in our society growing up. We're sort of getting away from it now, but like especially older generations and like everyone who's older than us has been taught sort of just like that it isn't that much that isn't that big of a problem to just get over it. That sort of get over it mentality and just, it doesn't really matter. Like there's lots of um uh people online who like to call other people snowflakes and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh because like oh they're too sensitive like you should just like not let this thing lot, lot, not let things bother you like assuming that you can control things like that and that some people like just trying to trivialize what people are going through because I don't know it it's sort of like there's lots of toxicity around it in in our society and pretty much pretty well every society. 
because they're like sort of like I think it, there's like there's so many different aspects, so many different nuances involving that problem. Like whether it's like people didn't think that they were able to express themselves, so they, so they have like sort of like internalized um, uh, anger because of that, and they have to like push that on other people as they grow up and watch them. Like you aren't allowed to talk about your problems because I wasn't. They're not physically saying that, but that's their psychology. And you know, it's like there's so there's so many different problems. So th- the same the same sort of logic definitely applies to sexual assault. And like people trying to silence like especially like violence against women and domestic abuse like oh it doesn't matter it's not it's like sort of like like ignoring that it's a problem that same logic applies but i think that um that idea definitely played definitely was like a factor in why people weren't so like did people didn't gravitate towards like you know like mental health issues like sort of like uh, shining light on it because it's 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 just uncomfortable to do and some people just would rather ignore it yeah i mean i like tia what you said like like i completely uh, i i really agree with like what you said and uh, as jonathan said like i think there's some merit to what i said and i think that just semicolon thing was just like an example that i had in, in like first thing off of my mind um yeah, sure. and i i think that more the point is is that I th- is about the things that i don't know about and the reason i don't know about them is could about the fact that some people just simply don't think that certain things are as big as an issue when really they they could be and um but yeah i think that overall like the the me too is kind of like its own big beast uh of, as far as gaining yeah. publicity <laughs> um it's kind of in it's in its own lane but um i i wanted to talk a little bit about youtube because oh my is youtube not just the youtube algorithm i don't know how much you guys know about the youtube algorithm but basically youtube has this way of choosing what gets views youtube has a way of like what they put on trending what they recommend but youtube will basically like youtube will dictate who gets famous youtube will dictate who can make Mm -hmm. money off of youtube and it's like almost as if the content creators themselves are removed from the like they have no free will almost it's like you can create content on youtube and even if that content is absolutely amazing like there's a chance that no one's ever gonna see enough videos for you to make a cent off of it but one of the examples that i thought about was this interview that was on youtube that i was watching on youtube of uh youtubers uh rhett and link from good mythical morning uh tia do you know who they are no, I do not. So, um, wow. Rhett, Rhett and Link are two internet personalities who run a TV show on YouTube called Good Mythical Morning. And Good Mythical... Like a morning talk show. Yeah. Thing. So, they have a... So, every single morning at like 6 a.m., they... Uh, or, sorry, uh, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I think. Uh, whatever schedule they had. Um, now, now, they're on that schedule. Yeah. Before, it was every single yeah. day for like seven years. Yeah. So, they would just... They would post a uh, video and they would do various different things. And it was... It's a good show. Now... There was an interview that they were doing with these two guys named Rhett and Link, and they were taking the interview was who was doing the interview? Uh, Wired, I think. Oh. It, it wasn't an actual person. It was just like a, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Basically, the people who conducted the interview had created like this graph of the views that they got on their channel from the time that they started their channel to the present day, and so Tia, the this is what was crazy about this is that their channel had like very minimal views at the beginning and it was slowly growing and slowly growing all of a sudden this like the bar like the line graph like jumped up 
and kept jumping mm-hmm. and it got to the, like this big place and it k- stayed there for a while and then it slowly dropped back down. Was that because all of a sudden Rhett and Link made this video that was so good that everybody learned about them? Was it some crazy incident? No, it was not at all. What happened was, was that YouTube had changed their algorithm at that point. And YouTube changed their algorithm so that it favored long videos. And it favored videos that were long enough to like um, past 10 minutes, I think it was. I forget. Okay, I'm actually confused as to whether or not this was Rhett and Link or or Markiplier now but either way this both happened to them regardless the algorithm affecting them anyways the algorithm started favoring people who had long videos and because of that all of a sudden their channel skyrocketed because the YouTube algorithm their channel had so many long videos that the YouTube algorithm really favored their channel and all of a sudden so many people started watching them they literally mm-hmm. skyrocketed, jumped out of bounds. They got so many views on a lot of their videos and they started becoming really successful and they were able to afford an actual studio for the show. And then they started to actually hire individuals to edit their videos. And then they were able to actually hire an entire cast of people to help in the background inside of their studio. And they were able to make merch and stuff like that. Like they literally jumped off the like surface of YouTube and entered into this giant trending phase. And you see that the graph starts to die down a lot afterwards. And that's because eventually the YouTube algorithm probably went under another change. And eventually the YouTube algorithm stopped like pumping their videos out as much to many people. So even though they had that success in the moment, that success was as easily as it was given to them, it was taken away almost. But they, they still, they maintain a lot of loyal subscribers at that point, And that's why they're able to continue their show right now. And they're able to con- like continue on. But there was a point where they had a lot more viewers. And that was all because of the algorithm. And as easy as it was, it was given, it was taken away. And it happens to a lot of people on YouTube. And for me, like that, like thinking about this whole idea of surveillance and the idea that perhaps individuals who are in higher states are able to manipulate us. Well, were they able, they're able to manipulate who's successful. They're able to manipulate not only that, but they're able to manipulate who, what you watch. And they're also able to manipulate the ads that you watch when you watch those guys' videos. Because when you watch a good mythical mor- yeah. morning video, you're going to get ads, right? And those ads could be specifically tailored to you. It's like this whole system. Like, holy crap. <laughs> the whole thing. It's just all, the, it's just all data, and- like... Combined together, this weird algorithms choosing who's successful. Man, to me, that's crazy. Have you heard? Have you heard about how TikTok tried to enforce an algorithm to filter out the like not pretty or like aesthetically pleasing looking people? Like they tried to what make it? Yeah, they tried to make that is the most outrageous thing I have ever heard. What? Not really. But what? 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 Yeah. TikTok's canceled. TikTok's canceled. <laughs> TikTok's canceled. You heard it here, folks. We've canceled TikTok. Canceled. That's it. TikTok is over. Okay. We've done it. I... Sound out has put our hand down. <laughs> hey, I think I think TikTok a little sometimes can definitely be the new Vine. So. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh well, t- well TikTok. Yeah. TikTok has a similar thing to YouTube prior to this issue that Tia's talking about, uh, and it's very similar to YouTube because TikTok would favor um not not specific like TikToks, what TikTok originally did was they favored how people interacted with the TikTok. If you shared a TikTok that you saw, 
it would get a certain like a like a numerical value that was associated with it if you liked a tiktok it would get a smaller value because sharing was a lot more important if you commented on a tiktok it would you would get a big value too so the bigger the value that you got when tiktok first put your um tiktok onto uh, people's for you pages which um for those of you who aren't familiar, when you go on TikTok, you go onto your For You page and TikTok kind of decides and filters what videos you see. It's, it's, like your yeah, it's sort of your yeah, feed. It's your feed. And it, the feed is not dictated by yourself. It's dictated by what you like and uh, like what you actually like hit the like button on. And now so yeah. TikTok will gather this data of how individuals interact with a TikTok. And if the data reaches a certain threshold then they will bump that tiktok up to the next level and by the next level i mean they will start showing the tiktok to more people and they will go mm -hmm. through a second phase in which people they'll gain a, a new uh they'll that tiktok will be exposed to new people and those people interact with the tiktok if it gains a certain threshold at that point it will then get boosted again until eventually it becomes international and then you have people who um such as uh what's her name charlie d'amelio this young girl on tiktok who has like 11 million followers on tiktok and her like almost 35 all million. Or 35 million oh my god okay but she gets like I 11 that is the who is that she, she, a random this random girl <laughs> and jonathan you would rip your eyes out to see at <laughs> the content that she she does this yeah. girl oh yeah. all she does is get in front of the camera and like giggle and like dance do some like popular dance and that's what most people that's do. that's it but she is gaining. Dude, I feel like, like I could be TikTok dude, famous if I could do the football shuffle. Just no, you could if you passed <laughs> if you did the algorithm, my guy. That you gotta go. Yeah. You gotta play the algorithm. You just have to get lucky. The algorithm has since changed. I know this. This was older uh, algorithm for TikTok. But regardless, this random girl is doing something that requires like zero talent. Like as long as you aren't handicapped, you can do what she's doing, and she's getting like six million views on every single thing that she like posts. Like at least, like she's getting so yeah. much public. It, it is insane. It's crazy, and it's, all and it's also because that of much publicity. If you don't, if you don't use it to 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 like further a moral cause, I don't, I don't know. No, she really ha <laughs> not she, at all. Not at all, dude. She just you. became a I know, celebrity. I know she's That's not it. doing it. I'm saying like. If you're that famous, you have like, in my eyes, you have like sort of a responsibility to use your fame to, to better the world in some capacity. You can't just, you can't just, she's you like can't 15. just sit there like, ah, yes, yep. Mm -hmm, I'm famous. Yeah, well, she's just, dancing and she's yeah. not stopping. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, completely of, out of. About, oh, sorry. That's okay. It's it's completely out of our control too because, like, if you look at my TikTok page and Zoe's TikTok, my roommate Zoe and yeah. her TikTok page, um, our con like. I made like four and one of mine got 4,000 views and it was so stupid and it <laughs> and it was just like a comedic thing but then you have dance videos that get like millions and millions of views and Zoe would do a dance video and it would get like a couple hundred and it's completely out of our control it's just a matter of like luck and what the algorithm deems us like our ranking or whatever um and also like mine and Zoe's for you page, like our feed page, completely different. Mine is the most, and it's completely based off of our what we like and what we like spew out. And mine is like the most stupid little boy humor. And hers <laughs> is all dance videos. Haha, <laughs> poopy. Yeah, literally that's what my for you page is. And it's completely <laughs> out of my control. And it's and it's just based off, off of stupid, stupid things that I like. And 
yeah, I, I that's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, to wrap this up, I think that this has been an amazing opportunity to discuss these things with you, Tia. Yeah, Fortunately, and I hope yeah, from the bottom of my heart that we were, we weren't just spewing old news to you because based on your what you've learned in your program, like <laughs> I hope you were just sitting there like, ah, yes, these men. No, I love to talk fools. about it. Yeah, no, I I've heard no, it all no, before. No. It was okay. it was a great experience because I feel like our discussion really like went off into a whole bunch of different places but not only that i think that at the end of this podcast we really started tying back a lot of concepts like some things just came full circle around and i think that what we were talking mm-hmm. about is really prevalent so it was a pleasure having you yeah. on the podcast thank you so much for I having agree. me it was, a pleasure. it was truly a pleasure <laughs> yeah is, is anything you want to uh say last before we make our closing remarks um I hope everyone is doing well and I hope that everyone is staying home. That's my biggest concern yeah. right now. And the first thing I could say, if I could say anything to a lot of people and um, <laughs> yeah, I hope everyone is doing well. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for getting yep, this podcast will reach so many people. <laughs> so, so many, many people. people. Hey, hey, set, set the bar high. You know, once we get a hundred millions of people don't watch this video. <laughs> once we get a hundred episodes, <laughs> Jonathan, we're on to something. We're on to something. No, once we actually have a regular upload, yeah that's true we're on we're on to something (laughs) okay thank you for getting zoned out with us this uh this has been our episode of zoned out with our special guest tia uh have a good one (laughs) thanks for listening guys good night